Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Chapter 19. The next test that DJ faced would not be until Wednesday. His teachers, realizing the importance and pressures of the coming game, had been merciful in not assigning homework or tests to study for over the weekend. DJ and Gene instead spent Sunday sitting rigidly on the Jordan family living room sofa watching the Bengals play Kansas City. It was raining outside, making for a perfect Sunday afternoon. Gene had spent that night at the Jordan home, and this time he had done it with full permission from his mother and with DJ's parents actually being aware of his presence. Gene's mother had allowed him to spend the night after having watched her son pace back and forth across the living room floor countless times on Saturday morning. That day had also been rainy and Gene had been a bundle of nerves because of the coming game. When DJ had called that evening and asked if Gene could come over, the boy's spirits had seemed to lift a little. There had been a moment of awkwardness while Gene actually asked his mother for permission because he had not done that before. Much to his relief, she quickly decided that he should spend the night at DJ's house so that the boys could each share in their nervousness. They now watched silently as Alexander James enjoyed an excellent game at Riverfront Stadium. It was also raining in Cincinnati where the game was being played, but the wetness seemed to DJ to have little effect on his hero. He slashed back and forth across the field like he were a train running on tracks. His big legs flexed beneath his white pants as he kicked in the speed or cut to one side or the other. Neither boy said a word as they watched the game. Dan Jordan, sitting in his chair a few feet from the sofa, often tried to break up the stiffness of the room by changing the subject from football to something light. He soon realized that was a useless proposition. Dan had, after all, been in many positions of pressure himself. He hadn't found football until he was in high school, but that still left plenty of opportunities to experience the type of nervousness the boys were now feeling. His high school team had never won a championship, but they had been the first at MV to finish a season without a losing record. Dan had been a wide receiver and defensive back during his high school years. Mississippi Valley was one of the final high schools in the county to add a football program. Dan's freshman year was only the seventh season for the mighty Black Hawk football team. Those first seven years had been harsh as the school and its students slowly learned the fundamentals of their new sport. During Dan's freshman and sophomore years, the team won only one game out of the 16 they played. His junior year, with the help of six touchdown catches by a young and athletic Dan, the team won three of their eight games. Dan's senior year also began slowly, with the team losing their first two games, but the mighty Blackhawks then began a winning streak. By the last game of their season, they had won four games and lost only three. With a win in their final game, Dan and his teammates would have ended their season with a 5-3 record and a share of the division title with the Ansonia Tigers. The pressure had been thick. Dan remembered it as feeling like a thick blanket which forced him to let it cover his entire body even as he was sweating. He also remembered losing sleep as he wished for the day of the game to just come. Each moment had passed so slowly. He remembered that he had thought of every possible negative thing that might happen. He had nearly worried himself sick. When the day came, sadly, Dan's team was stumped by 35 points. He caught one touchdown pass, but the Blackhawk defense had been picked apart. 
The loss that day had been the most disappointing thing in his life to that point, and his heart still stung more than a little bit when he thought about it. For that very reason, Dan prayed for his son. DJ was so nervous about the Bethel game that Dan was afraid his son might explode. The boy had been edgy all weekend and had spent most of Friday night and Saturday morning in his room by himself. Dan had figured that the boy was probably doing his homework. DJ had become quite a dedicated student this year, a fact which thoroughly astounded and pleased his father. Saturday evening, when DJ had finally come out of his room and planted himself in front of the TV, Linda Jordan had suggested that he call Gene and ask if he wanted to come over. It had been a good idea. DJ was obviously relieved to have his friend around. The boys had spent the rest of Saturday upstairs playing DJ's video game. Around 9 o'clock that evening, Dan had stopped just outside of DJ's bedroom door and quietly listened as the boys talked before retiring to bed for the night. As he had suspected they might be, DJ and Gene were talking about the coming game. Dan didn't listen long, feeling like an overprotective parent, but he had heard the meat of their conversation. As if listening to himself long ago, Dan heard both boys agreeing that they wished only to have the game over with. Monday morning found the three occupants of the Jordan household short on nerves and weary-eyed. No one in the house had slept well that night. Even Linda Jordan was feeling the pressure. She just prayed her son would be safe no matter what the outcome. Dan Jordan spoke only about the weather as his family sat at the table eating breakfast. No one wanted to talk about the game, so the subject was carefully avoided. The rain had stopped in the middle of the night, bringing blue sky and a clear morning to the Ohio Valley. The field would be soggy during the game that night and the ball wet, making it hard for both teams to hold on to the football. DJ hated playing games on wet fields. He felt it was much better to play in the driving rain than on a soggy field on a nice day. In the rain, if you fumbled, everybody knew why. On a nice day, no one would understand the slickness of the ball. DJ chewed on his toast and tried to push the idea of fumbling as far out of his mind as possible. He finished his breakfast and left the table to gather his things and head to school. He would not be returning home before the game that night, so his mother had nicely folded all of his game clothes and had them ready for him at the bottom of the stairs. As he gathered the clean-smelling clothing into his gym bag, DJ heard his father approach. DJ, Dan said, sitting on the bottom step as his son zipped the black and red gym bag, I know how nervous you are, but I want you to know I believe in you. You'll do great tonight. You're a great football player. All you've got to do is go out there and and have fun like you always do. DJ looked at his dad and smiled, giving a slight nod before turning and heading for the kitchen. From behind, he heard his father add, Good luck, son. DJ continued to walk, but turned and smiled as he entered the kitchen. Linda Jordan always prepared a special lunch for her son on the days of the games. She would hand him a brown paper bag on those mornings, which contained various energy foods. There were things like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and bananas along with other strange treats that packed carbohydrates. Today's bag was heavier than usual, and she handed it to him and turned to walk with him to the back of the house. Daniel, Linda said, her voice full of love and understanding, I want you to know that no matter what happens tonight, your mother loves you. Whether you win or lose, it doesn't matter to me. I'm your mother, and I love you no matter what happens. DJ stopped and looked into his mother's eyes. He struggled for a moment to fight back tears. These words had come completely out of the blue, and his mother would never know how badly he needed to hear them. He hugged her softly and then exited the house, feeling quite a bit better. The day was sunny and mild, with the morning sun casting new shadows along the same old paths. 
DJ felt the sunlight on his head and enjoyed its warmth. He walked silently, soaking in the sunlight towards the spot where he and Jean met nearly every morning to walk to school. DJ relished the fact that his body felt good. His muscles were rested, they were strong. His joints felt limber, his entire body felt flexible. Physically, at least, he was completely ready for the game. Mentally, he was not so sure. Sleep had kept its distance for a large part of the night as his mind repeated its memory of the stare he had shared with Matt Campbell, Bethel's star running back and linebacker. Until seeing the game film before last weekend's game, DJ had not known Campbell played defense, and Coach Cakes had told them that the large young man lined up at middle linebacker and knew how to play the position. Of course, this information had only added to DJ's anxiety. He'd always been the biggest player on the field. Maybe he wasn't the fastest, but he was always the biggest. According to Cakes, Campbell was nearly as tall as DJ and weighed about five more pounds. All night long, DJ's thoughts had run from memories of the stare to nightmares of being run over by Campbell and made to look like a fool. Questions which had never before entered DJ's mind now seemed to never leave. Could he play against somebody his own size? Had he worked hard enough in the weight room? Was he strong enough? DJ remembered that Campbell had looked extremely solid as he watched him walk down those bleachers. Was the Bethel running back stronger? Was he faster? Was he meaner? Those questions so filled his head that he barely noticed when Gene strolled up beside him. The friends just walked in stride without a word. Both boys were wearing their game jerseys and the dark black fabric was hot under the morning sun. The white outline of a hawk head moved back and forth on their shoulders as the boys walked the sidewalk staring ahead deep in thought. When they arrived at their school and entered the auditorium where all the students were gathered waiting for the first bell to ring, they found the place jumping with enthusiasm for that night's game. Every third step found a classmate who wished the boys good luck in one way or another. Most of the football team had gathered together in a large, quiet group at one end of the gymnasium. The bleachers in that spot were a sea of black. The players only slapped hands as they met one another. None of them felt much like talking. On that day, as with every game day, the football team would spend all of their free time as a unit. At lunch, they would sit at a designated table near the rear of the cafeteria. Coach Persevin would join them at the table and ask each of them questions about the game plan. Today, Gene Persevin planned to talk less about football and more about irrelevant things. He and Coach Cakes had been able to feel the tension of their team in practice during the week prior and had decided to try their very best to lower the pressure the boys were feeling. It was hard enough each of them knew from experience trying to win a game for yourself. When the entire school and your family are counting on you, it can be nearly unbearable, especially for a 13-year-old boy who has never known pressure at that level. When the day's first bell rang, sending the students wildly in differing directions, Mr. Persvin watched the group of players. He wore a concerned expression. Most of the other students had jumped up from their seats and made their way to their respective classrooms with their usual youthful energy. The football team members instead rose slowly to their feet and walked thoughtfully in one common direction. The looks on each of their faces was nearly the same. Few of them looked as though they were dealing well with the pressure. Most, like DJ and Gene, looked like they were ready to explode at any moment. Noticing this, Mr. Persevin made his way out of the gymnasium and headed towards Principal Jenkins' office. Stuart Jenkins sat in his chair just inside the door of his little office, reading the local newspaper and sipping on a large mug of coffee. Gene Persevin knocked lightly on his door as he approached and was greeted with an alert smile from his boss. How you doing today, Gene? Jenkins asked happily. 
Doing well, Stu. How about yourself? I'm fine. I think it'd be better if I could just chop off my right leg at the knee and have it over with. The doctors told me I'd probably develop arthritis in it, but I didn't think it happened this soon. The principal rubbed on his right knee as he spoke. The surgery he had undergone on that knee had signaled the end of his professional football playing career. Noticing the thoughtful twinge to Gene's smile, he continued, So what can I do for you? Well, I just wanted to alert you to something that could possibly become a problem if we're not real careful. Gene walked to the extra chair along the back of Jenkinson's wall. I think the kids, the football players, are feeling a lot of pressure about tonight's game. I just saw the group of them exiting the gym and heading for class. You'd think somebody died. Gene sat down. I just think it might be a good idea for us all to be a little more alert than usual today. I agree, Stuart Jenkins said, standing up from his seat. Have you seen the paper today? The principal motioned towards the newspaper he'd been reading, which now lay in a heap upon his desk. Gene shook his head. Well, there's another article about tonight's game. Mostly talks about DJ Jordan and that Campbell kid from Bethel. I'm sure you're right. The kids are probably feeling a lot of pressure. I'll have a talk with each of the teachers individually and have them keep on the lookout. Jenkins walked over to where Gene was standing up from his chair and extended his hand. Good luck tonight. Should be a whale of a game. That it should be, sir. Gene said and let go of Jenkins' hand as he turned and headed for the door. The school day inched by with the speed of an aging snail, but without any incidents. By the time the final bell sounded, DJ was ready to explode. Part of him didn't want the bell to ring at all because he knew that as soon as it did, game time would be near. His hands were sweating as he stashed his pencil into the black and red book bag and zipped his English book into its place. He turned and saw his friend and teammate, Gene, staring at the clock, waiting as the rest of the students filed out of the room. Slowly, after all of their classmates and their teacher had exited, DJ and Gene rose in unison. Each boy gathered his things and headed out of the room, walking shoulder to shoulder. Standing at the end of the hallway, Gene Percival and Jenny Armstrong watched as the two boys made their way slowly towards the gymnasium. Would you look at those two? Jenny said, pointing in the direction of Gene and DJ as they began down the steps at the other end of the hallway. They look like prisoners. Neither of them said a word in class today. In fact, all the players were pretty quiet, except for Doug. My little cousin's always been rather rambunctious. With a laugh, Gene said, I know, he's the only one who released any energy at all today. I'm kind of worried about it. Those guys are wound like golf balls. The two teenagers' heads disappeared from sight. Gene turned towards Jenny and asked, Any idea yet on who's leading the contest? No, I've been forcing myself to wait and find out. I was going to ask, why'd you want me to tell you who the winner was in advance? Huh, Gene said, walking away from the wall he'd been leaning against. Well, that reminds me of something I needed to ask you. Do you think you could figure up DJ's letter grade in your class at this point? I could use it as soon as possible. I'm working on something, and Mary's already given me his grade for her class. Jenny stood looking at him inquisitively. Sure, I suppose. Can I ask why? Jean looked at her for a moment and then turned around swiftly, as if, again, looking for spies. After a second's thought, he said, Yeah, but it's going to have to be a secret. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.